I've been coming to church all this time, but I've never really come to the conclusion that I am that wicked sinner that the Lord died for. I am that individual that committed that sin that needed a savior. Thank you for tuning in to the Removing Barriers podcast. I'm Jay. And I'm MCG. And we're attempting to remove barriers so we can all have a clear view of the cross. This is episode 20 of the Removing Barriers podcast. And this is the third in the series of How Were Your Barriers Removed? In this episode, we will find out how Ari's barriers were removed when he came to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Crossflix is a family-friendly channel with thousands of Christian films, including Christian movies, new releases, documentaries, and educational content. You can access the videos through their digital streaming network anytime, day or night. Whenever you watch a Christian video from Crossflix, you can feel confident that your family is watching inspiring, uplifting content that is clean and curated. For a limited time, Crossflix is available for the first 30 days for free, and you can cancel anytime, no questions asked. That's right. Get access to thousands of free Christian movies and Christian music online right now with your 30-day trial. Click on the link in the description section of this podcast to get Crossflix today. Ari, welcome to the Removing Barriers podcast. Thank you for having me. Great. Glad to have you. In this series, we normally try to get to know as much about our guests as possible and how they got saved. But before we get into all the details, tell me, Ari, what state or country were you born in? I was born in Colombia, South America. You know, when I was growing up, they teach us that a Caribbean island or Caribbean country is any country that is touched or completely surrounded by the Caribbean Sea. Do you consider yourself to be Caribbean? I never really thought of that. I consider myself American. Oh, okay. Well, I guess you're not a Caribbean brother, huh? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Is Colombia a religious sort of country, or is it more secular? What is it like growing up and living in Colombia? I would love to be able to answer that question. The truth of the matter is, I came to the States when I was 10, so my recollection of the country is very faded and fainted at this point in time. What I do know is that Colombia is a predominantly Catholic country, but I don't know if it's Catholic in heart or Catholic in name. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of the islands in the Caribbean are maybe not Catholic, but a lot of them consider themselves to be Christian, but it is in name rather than in practice, so to speak. So mm-hmm. I fully understand what you're saying there. Tell me about your family. What type of family were you born in? Was this a Christian family? Was this a two-parent family? My family, by the time I was born, I am the third of five. So when I was born, my parents had already been converted. So I was reared in second Sunday I was alive. I was already in the nursery type thing. And from then on out, it was a church type thing three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday night. You know, we interview several folks who talk about growing up in a home where their parents were Christian, 
but it was just a vestige of Christianity. It was more Christianity in name, but not really in practice. Would you say that your upbringing was more of a genuine Christian upbringing? Like, did they teach you what was in the word and or was it more of a formality in your household? Yeah, and that's an incredibly good question. I was blessed that both my parents, really, when the Lord saved them, it was a life-altering, a life-changing event for them. And they carried that into their family, their young family at the time. So when I speak of a Christian home, it was a, a Christian home indeed, not a Christian home in name only. I'm very blessed that I was born and reared in a Christian home. Not a perfect home, but a Christian home, right. nonetheless. So then when did you come to know of the Lord? We know when it comes to salvation that none of us can be saved just because our parents are. None of us can be saved just because our households are Christian. So what is your personal salvation testimony? How old were you when the Lord saved you? And what was your like before that? Right. So I don't remember the exact date and the exact time. But I do remember going to vacation Bible school in Columbia. And I remember the service. The goal of the week was obviously to speak salvation to the kids. And, and it really touched my heart in that, hey, I've been coming to church all this time, but I've never really come to the conclusion that I am that wicked sinner that the Lord died for. I am that individual that committed that sin that needed a savior. So it was during vacation Bible school when I was, I'm going to say eight or nine. It couldn't have been much older than that. Is that when you got saved? Is that was the first time you came to a full realization that you're a sinner and you're in need of a savior? Yes, yes. It was during that vacation Bible school that the guest speaker, I want to say it was the preacher, I don't even remember the person that was speaking, but I just remember just knowing in my heart that, hey, this, this salvation thing, not just for the wicked people out there, but it's for the wicked people in here too, meaning me. It sounds like not realizing, or at least beforehand, not realizing that when they're talking about sinners, when they're preaching and when they're teaching, they're actually talking about the people in the room, like you, not just the people outside, but also the people in the room as well. Like you just right. said, would you say that was a barrier that had to be addressed before you could be saved? And was it at that time that that barrier was removed as well? That's an incredibly good question. And I'm not sure what the global answer to that is. For me, you know, the biggest obstacle for me anyway, is the the fact that, I mean, I've never stolen. I'd never, you know, I mean, I might have been mean to my brother and sisters. But, I mean, I was reared with a bit of a guidance system, you know, mm -hmm. which would internally I kind of said, hey, that make, makes me a good person. Therefore, good people don't need saving, you know. It's the healthy people don't go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. So the point of that is it wasn't until I realized, hey, I may be nice on the outside, but my heart still darkened and I need to have a salvation come into my heart too i need to have the savior come into my heart also yeah definitely i think a lot of folks like you i've heard testimonies where folks who grew up in christian home and of course they don't have that history praise the lord of all the baggage of sin like a lot of folks who get saved a lot later in life because they just have never lived that life 
do you think that the way your barriers were removed and the way you come to Christ is something that is still effective that can reach others today? Do you think there are kids out there that are still growing up in Christian homes like you did that quite honestly just doesn't understand the true reach of the gospel because they see themselves as not being that bad? I think that the gospel is sharper than a two-edged sword. So in its current delivery, I think it's still good today. I know that that's the way it worked for me, and I'm about as average an individual as you're ever going to find. So I'm not sure how to best answer that question. All I know is that where I determined or I was made aware that I needed a Savior, I was glad that Christ was there, and when I called on Him, He saved me. Adi, let me ask you this. You are married with children, and you have personally seen the Lord work in the lives of your family members, your immediate family members, your wife, your kids. What do you think that parents that are raising children, particularly Christian parents that are raising children, can do to help, I guess the word is facilitate, or to help remove barriers when it comes to salvation in the lives of their own children? Is that something that you had to wrestle with as your children were coming up? Or is that something that just kind of happened for them the way it happened for you? That's a very good question. And I will have to say, the one thing that my wife and I both have done very consistently is prayed for our children. And that may sound like a no-brainer type of a statement, Mm -hmm. but on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis, it can become quite difficult because the tendency then becomes, Lord, bless my kids, and that's it. But that's not what we've aimed at doing. We wanted, obviously, to really spend time dedicating our kids in prayer almost every day or as many days as possible we could possibly do. So I think that's incredibly important, just to bathe the kids in prayer on a daily basis. Do you mean like Um, praying with them or praying over them or both? Praying for them. Some people pray literally over the kids. I have no problem with that. I didn't do that. Mm. Just bringing them before the throne of grace. There are so many things that are wanting to mess up the lives of our children, even before they get going, you know? So many temptations and so many just addictions that, and and by addictions, I don't necessarily mean illicit drugs or alcohol. There's so many other things that just want to capture their attention and their imagination that it can become such a sin that so easily beset us. So pray for the kids. That's something that my wife and I aimed at doing. And then the other thing, and from a parent point of view, I find fault in me is being consistent with the kids. I find it very hard. Sometimes I'm tired and my kids are now grown and in college. So it's not as big of an issue, the being consistent part with them now. But being consistent when they're young kids, it's incredibly difficult. I found it to be very difficult. And that's something that younger parents and parents with younger kids need to, I think, be more careful of. And in the point of consistency is that when the kids falter and do something wrong, an appropriate consequence needs to happen. And then what that relates to then is as they get older, they realize 
hey, I sinned against this God, and I need to, there needs to be a consequence for that. And, hey, by the way, the Lord has already provided himself a sacrifice for us. And so when the parent is consistent, I think the child will have less of an obstacle or a barrier to overcome the salvation issue. Yeah, definitely. The point of that is our God, he's consistent with all of us. He's loving and he's caring and he watches over us and he guides over us. But when we sin, the Bible tells us, hey, he will deal with that. Sooner or later, he will deal with us. And But he's consistent. And that's the point of, of that example. I guess that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. And consistency is hard. If it was easy, all of us would be consistent. And continue along that vein. I know you got saved at an early age. And I, I want to guess that your kids as well got saved at an early age. How did you navigate that in terms of identifying their barriers to salvation and help them overcome that barrier? Whether it might be, I'm in a Christian home, a Christian school, I'm surrounded by this all the time, and they're not coming to a point where they just believe they're Christians because, hey, mommy and daddy are Christians. Right. My biggest concern was exactly that. They were going to, in their hearts, believe, hey, my grandparents were Christian. My parents are Christian. I've been going to Christian organizations all my life. Therefore, I must be a Christian. What my wife and I tried to do is we pointed to the need for a savior, but waited for them to say, is that for me too? Or for them to make the first move, the first inquiry as to, hey, mom, dad, is this something that I should be concerned about? Or is this something that we wanted to make sure that they weren't going to be mommy and daddy saved, but that they were going to be spirit saved? I'm not sure if that makes sense, but that's the best way I can explain it. Yeah, definitely. You know, the Bible says in Second Corinthians 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So tell me, after salvation, what changes were evident in your life? And that, I think, coming from a Christian kid, is, is probably one of the more difficult uh, questions to answer. Because, like I said, I wasn't out drinking and smoking and staying out till late doing who knows what with the worldly crowd. So... The changes in my life were not so drastic that were jarring, you know, but they were changes. And there's still changes going on right now, if you ask me. But some of the changes that came into my life, there has to be, for me, my temperament is not, I have a very short fuse. But I think that as I grew up and I matured, one of the things that I noticed God working in my life was, hey, you need to not let this get under your skin so much because ultimately God's got things under control. So a pointer for me is, you know, my temperament, I think is different. And I try to keep that under subjection. You know, Adi, as you're speaking, I'm thinking of all of the people that we may know, particularly those that were raised in Christian homes. We may know people both in the church and perhaps around us that they were just like you in the sense that, you know, 
they grew up in households where they didn't run around with the same crowd. They were never into anything mischievous. They weren't into drugs or staying out late or anything like that. And so they might tend to think, oh, you know, I'm a good person. This doesn't apply to me. And these people may be in our, you know, in our churches, as I said. And since you've had the experience of not having that drastic change, but surely being saved by the Lord, what tips can you share with the audience, particularly the ones that are saved? What tips can you share with them to help them be able to maybe see or identify people that may be in the church that have that same situation where they're not living a wild life, but they also haven't, you know, they may be thinking they don't really need salvation or this doesn't apply to me. Is there any way that we can identify them? Because I, I would imagine that those people are probably in greater danger than someone that's out there wild living in the world, because at least the person that's out in the world living wildly has their conscience working against them. Deep down, they know that they're not living right. But perhaps the danger in the church, particularly for people who were raised in the church might be that tendency to think, oh, well, you know, this might not apply to me because I'm not out there living wild. Is there something that Christians can do to kind of see those people and reach out to them and witness to them, in your opinion? I think that from my point of view, that's a difficult question right? because it's a heart issue. right? And I think that I can't, especially... Now, for my kids, there's a definite point where, I mean, I was able to to see their hearts change. Just for clarification's sake, once my kids were saved, they did not become perfect. They still had issues that we had to deal with, and we had issues to overcome. So from my point of view, looking at my kids, I could see God working in their hearts and lives, and I could see a change. Now, if the question is directed at me looking at other kids, it's, I think, an infinitely more difficult challenge, and I wouldn't even begin to address it that way. What I do think we ought to as church members, and honestly, is befriend the kid, befriend the teens while they're reachable, you know, right. and and honestly, earnestly pray for them, because I don't think that it would be right for me to walk up to a teen that belongs to somebody else and say, you know what? I don't think you're saved. I think that would be more detrimental Mm -hmm. than not from my point of view. And I understand the spirit of God will move people and will burden people. And if that's what's happening in someone's life, by all means do it. I just would never feel comfortable. Whereas I can pray, I can pray for, you know, the team that is super popular that may need, a closer walk with the Lord, and I can pray for that kid that's super close to the Lord and for encouragement for him and for him to have a backbone to meet the temptations that the devil's going to throw at him head on. So from my point of view, and I may be misunderstanding your question, but I think that as the adults, we ought to take our group of teens and just faithfully pray for them mm-hmm. because they are going to be so much more challenged as they grow up than I ever was. And when I was growing up, my pastor said, you guys are being so challenged right now, more so than I ever was. So 
<laughs> the tendency is that each generation seems to be growing in a more difficult environment. But Lord knows this generation is really, really going to have to go through it. And I pray the Lord that they'll be having a heart tendency to draw closer to the Lord because they're going to need that. Yeah, thank you for that. I asked that question a roundabout sort of way, but that's basically what I was asking you. How do we remove the barriers and others that were similar to your barriers? So yeah, you per answered that question perfectly. Thank you for that. Yeah, so I'm glad Jay clarified that because what is it about the gospel that can reach someone like you who may not have been in the world and someone who, you know, have been in the world for 20 years. The gospel seems to, to bridge all those gaps, even the ones who maybe the world may consider to be good and the ones that the world would consider to be bad. Because as someone once said, if I was the only sinner upon the face of the earth, Christ would have come and died for me anyway. So what is it about the gospel that bridges those gaps and how does the gospel actually bridge those gaps? For me, I believe it bridges those gaps because I saw it in action, if you will. I saw the life of my parents continue to grow closer to the Lord as I grew and as I became, you know, from, from a little boy to a teen, to a young adult, to a grown man with my own family. And I saw in my parents' life, but not just that, but I also, because being involved in church and the ministries of the church and gospel blitz and and outreach programs i actually was able to see people that had grown up not knowing anything about church or even being involved and coming in to see a miraculous and wonderful change in their lives to where they left those things behind and truly a change to occur you know like you mentioned earlier they became new creatures they had new desires and new goals and new targets to hit this is the removing barriers podcast we will be right back antivirus software protects you from malware but to protect your privacy and security on the web you need a virtual private network or vpn did you know that Ivacy offers an easy-to-use VPN app for each of your favorite devices? From Windows, Macs, and smartphones to smart TVs, tablets, and browser extensions, and even gaming consoles. Get Ivacy for your choice of devices to secure your connection, browse with privacy, and access content from anywhere in the world. Go to ivacy.com or click the link in the show notes. Use coupon code removing barriers for a 20% discount. Ada, you talked about how you prayed for your children to see and understand the truth. You talked about how, when I asked you, how can we reach those within the body that might have the same issues? Like you talked about praying for them, befriending them, getting to know them so that you know how to pray for them. What are some other things that you are doing personally to help remove the barriers like the ones you faced in your life and in the lives of others? When it comes to your neighbors, for example, or maybe coworkers, or maybe even, I don't know, someone you run into at the store, what are some things, in addition to praying for them and befriending them, is there anything else that you do to personally reach them with the gospel? I think that, and this is, 
not just for the, the group of people that you mentioned, but pretty much for everyone at large, everybody. You just have to be a genuine individual. Mm-hmm. I think that particularly teens, they read people well for the most part. And if you're not genuine, if you're a hypocrite, you, if you have a near, I think kids will read right through you. And you have to be genuine with them. And not just the teens, though, but the neighbor across the street and the person in I was trying to think of an example, but just enough to say you've got to be genuine, and especially with the teens. You care for the next generation. Be genuine with them and concerned for them. And and when you tell somebody that you're going to be praying for them, by all means, do it. Yeah, definitely. We have been going for a little bit. I just want at this point to give you the mic, so to speak, and let you share the gospel. You know, imagine there's someone like you someone who may have similar barriers like you or even not but just give you the opportunity to actually just expound on the gospel as our last question for you i thank you i would say that christ in today's environment we want to be like the greeks you know we want to be very smart about everything to the exclusion of god but i would say to anybody Hey, this God that we serve, Christ, the Holy One of Israel, is very real. The triune God that came in the form of a man and died for our sins. It can change and will change your life if you let them, if you let him. That's the gospel is the good news. Christ came, Christ died. Christ rose again so that we could spend eternity with him. Try to keep it as simple as possible, not just for everybody else, but for myself. Definitely. Ari, thank you for joining us on the Removing Barriers podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. To get a hold of us or to support this podcast, go to anchor.fm forward slash removing barriers. This has been the Removing Barriers podcast. We attempted to remove barriers so that we all can have a clear view of the cross.